and welcome to Lit by Moonlight, where it's not a phase to cry over a broken watch. Today, we are beginning our weekly reviews of HBO's adaptation of The Last of Us, starting with episode one, When You're Lost in the Darkness. Whee! Whee! Nothing bad happens at all! <laughs> I'm not lost in the darkness. You are. <laughs> we begin this week's episode in Austin, Texas, where we meet Sarah Miller and her father, Joel. In 2003, Joel's birthday turns into a day of reckoning when an outbreak of a mutant fungus turns infected people into zombie-like creatures. As Sarah, Joel, and his brother Tommy attempt to flee the infected zone, Sarah is shot by a U.S. soldier and dies from her injuries. Twenty years pass, and the episode shifts to an apocalyptic Boston quarantine zone where Joel and his friend Tess now work as smugglers. Their search for a car battery turns into a larger mission when Marlene, a leader from the resistance group known as the Fireflies that is opposing the quarantine zone authorities, asks the pair to smuggle a young girl, Ellie, to the Massachusetts State House where other Fireflies are gathered outside the quarantine zone. The episode concludes with the revelation that there is something special about Ellie, whether it be that despite being infected, she has shown no signs of aggression like other human hosts to the fungus, or that her very existence prompts memories for Joel of his Sarah. I'm Caitlin, and spending a Sunday being excited that your football team advanced in the playoffs only to end the day utterly devastated by this show is very emotionally exhausting. Yeah, I feel like we went on two different journeys yesterday really and somehow did. ended up at the same place, and that's devastation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It like, was uh, a lot of highs. You, you were watching football all day. I was reading um, this book, which is ironically about game design. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> that like broke my heart. And you were, meanwhile, like, experienced the highs and lows of, of D1 football. <laughs> yeah. Not even D1 football. Just NFL Professional football. football. Um, and uh, meanwhile, we all ended up at the same place, and that was sobbing. Yeah. And eating cheesecake, factory cheesecakes, and Ugh, So much to go we through We make so Sunday. much of our time together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Emberlin, and I'm making a charcuterie board. Woohoo! What's going to be on it? I don't know. <laughs> charcuterie. Whatever I just bought when I was, like, you ever just, like, gotta do you have to do something and you just like it all comes to blur when you're grocery shopping you're just throwing yeah. things in the cart some of it's not even something that's on your list you get home you've got like random olives that you never even thought you would want yeah um, i get to the checkout and i go oh yeah i forgot to put that in my cart that was three hours ago wow blue kool-aid jammers that i haven't since had since i was eight why would i put those in there why not why not yeah so um, amberlin did you play this game before watching the show um, no, I did experience a PowerPoint that you showed Sam and I last year, <laughs> and apparently it all stuck with me because when the show started, I was like, oh, I remember all this. <laughs> One thing about me is I will push my hyperfixations onto my friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in PowerPoint form. Yeah. I do wish I could have played before uh, we started watching the show. Um, but I think it's kind of interesting that one of us comes in to this with this per- per- with the perspective of having yeah. done that and one of us hasn't. So yeah, I was wondering how much of it you remembered. So weirdly a lot of it, like yeah. once things it was kind a good of, PowerPoint, huh? When she hit the fan <laughs> with Sarah, I remember the clips that you played so well that I was like, wow, yeah. continuity. Yeah, <laughs> they're doing it. And then you, of course, have played the, played the game. Yeah, I've played both games at least twice through i think i might no i did start um a third playthrough of the first game because i was hoping to maybe finish it before um the series Mm -hmm. 
start it again just to have it all fresh in my mind as if it's not ingrained in my brain (laughs) (laughs) like a fungal infection but uh yeah uh I've played both games twice and I was still not emotionally prepared to watch this all play out again so yeah 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 it's like you've had the prompt you've had you've had the the prompting you've had the practice and yet it's still not enough yeah I yeah (laughs) I think every time I play the game I cry so yeah, it last night was no different. <laughs> oh, it hurts. Um, so Caitlin, what were your first impressions of adapting this world to television as somebody who's played the game? Uh, well, within just this first episode, it's clear how much attention to detail that they have uh, that they gave to the game. Um, I felt that I felt the first time that we saw Sarah's room, I was like, oh, wow, we're really in it, huh? Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, it's her room. It looks just like her room. And even the layout of their house, I'm like, yeah, I know where to go. Like, you go this way to Joel's room. You You've go had this sleepovers way. there. Yeah. <laughs> you know how to work their shower. Exactly. I know how to work their shower. <laughs> yeah. So I was just like, immediately, I was like, wow, they really did it. Like, we're really in it. Um, there were so many shots throughout the episode that were identical to the game. Uh, the dialogue was word for word in most scenes. Mm-hmm. That Even the world itself, like the wide shots of the city that we got and everything within the quarantine zones feels like I'm right back in the game. Yeah. It's incredible. Um, the, addi- the additional factor of the music helped too. Like I wasn't ever thinking that they wouldn't use the music from the game. Like I feel like of course they would, but yeah. I wasn't... I didn't know how much of it they would use. I don't know. It just wasn't something that I thought about. So not only just hearing the main title, like during the title sequence where I was definitely already crying about it because I was like, oh, oh God, we're in it. We're doing it. Okay. Um, But just like all of the rest of the music that was played throughout the show, like when like certain characters talk to each other, there was one moment with like Joel and Tess for like this one music soundtrack like played I can't remember exactly what it was but I was just like oh don't do this to me (laughs) it's so funny because I think it speaks not just to um the abilities and intentions of the writers to adapt a game like this and include all those things but also to how good the game is yeah that like you don't have to do much like finagling with the music or anything because it all still works so well together yeah and the beginning sequence works so well yeah I think that's that's why I loved this game so much because I mean my favorite games are ones that have like really good stories to it and um playing this game is almost like watching a movie like you get really attached to the characters and the music just helps fuel those emotions i almost feel like the music was the same in sarah's death scene as it was in the game like it felt similar i I really look forward to seeing the side by side me too um comparisons that people make just Mm -hmm. so we can see like where things lined up exactly yeah um and if at all which i'm sure they will um yeah it's so neat it's so good um i was just impressed i feel like i was it was funny because I felt while I was watching like I was actually playing the game because of the choice of like angles, lighting, camera movement, music, mm-hmm. etc. to the point where um, there were times when I was just like, oh, like I need to press this button <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. in order to get to this point. Um, like the, it's not just because the first two scenes of the show so closely resemble the beginning of the game. It's just because, I mean it's so like there's just something so intentional about the way they do things in in the show like yeah. the way that like the perspective works the way that sometimes when you zoom out you're zooming out the way you would if you were playing somebody mm-hmm. it's like super fascinating um the scene where they're driving i and we get like the sarah's perspective really shook me all night long yep as acgc would say um <laughs> and i haven't seen the game intro since last year when you showed us it 
And um, it just came back to me all so quickly watching this that I was like, oh, I remember what happens next. <laughs> um, so I was just like gaping the whole time. Like, whoa. Yeah. And also feeling this urge to like contribute like yeah. as <laughs> a game player um, and to move things along that I think only a video game can make you feel. Mm-hmm. So I was really, put me really. Imp- yeah, put me in coach. <laughs> I was so impressed by that. And yeah. by I feel like how all of those little details came together to make it feel like gameplay yeah it's incredible but and yet still like something that we're watching and that we're a part of because that's so funny like the beginning of the game makes you feel like you're watching a tv show yeah and the beginning of the show makes you feel like you're playing a game yeah like i love that that's yeah they did such a good job with that they did so much um so was there a specific moment in this episode that hooked you um so reiterating my point about the show's likeness to the game and how the first half an hour or so feels like gameplay i just i mean again i really enjoyed that i Mm -hmm. felt fully i feel like i feel i felt so hooked from that point yeah because I was like okay like how does how do we move forward with this I'm really excited to see how that kind of plays into later episodes and if we see that again kind mm-hmm. of that perspective that makes us feel like we're there in the game yeah I hope so and if so I think that'd be awesome yeah um I'm inclined to say this is probably going to be a better adaption of a game than uh Super Mario Bros will later this year <laughs> just for the simple fact that there's no Chris Pratt involved yeah. and also because there just seems like so much care and love was being put into um creating the show in the behind the scenes content Craig and Neil talk about how the intention is for Sarah to immediately feel like the protagonist of the show mm-hmm. and that is something that also hooked me we fall in love with her we want to see who she becomes because of the outbreak. We want to get to know her. Her character immediately hooked me. And I think if I didn't know what was going to happen later, if I didn't know that she was not going to survive the first episode, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, I'd be really excited about watching her character navigate this new world. It's funny you say that because when I started the game, I knew about Allie because she's on the front cover of the game, of course. So when you start off with Sarah, you're like, oh, who's this? character like i wasn't even thinking about the fact that hey this is a horror game (laughs) like this is not gonna go well people die people die yeah but like immediately when you start the game um or at least when i started it i was like oh it's his daughter like oh this is sweet i can't wait to see what her story is oh okay never mind it's it's really incredible because i don't think i've ever cried about a character death that quickly yeah you get so attached we only know her for maybe like like 15 20 30 minutes of the episode yeah and then like five minutes in the game yeah yeah and after that she's gone and it's just it's so heartbreaking somehow still yeah in part because it's a child it's a young girl but also because um the first part of the episode is really from her perspective and that's done intentionally to make you feel like she's going to be um the lead yeah it hurts yeah and then when you think about the fact that um that pedro and what was the who, who plays her who nico plays parker her? nico parker like they they didn't really practice that scene before they went in for the first take yeah is like horrifying because you can tell that there's just so much adrenaline coursing through both of them as they play these characters and that there's so much feeling between them mm-hmm. um and they have this immediate chemistry and connection that's immediately severed it's like devastating yeah to watch devastating and then giving a special shout out i know i've been talking for a while but i feel like i have to mention pedro pascal i think when we fast forward to 2023 and we see him turn around for the first time i i thought i think i almost like self-combusted on the couch. <laughs> like you almost had my blood and guts all over you because <laughs> when i saw when i looked into that man's eyes i was like he's real like move yeah. over anderson cooper new silver <laughs> fox on the loose <laughs> yeah. right um so how about you what hooked you um this episode? 
Honestly, kind of the same page for me. Nico Parker did such a phenomenal job portraying Sarah. And as the creator said in the behind the scenes that played after the episode, um, she has one of the toughest jobs in the show, and that's to make the audience fall in love with you quickly so that her eventual tragedy makes you hurt so, so much. Yeah. Um, Because you have to feel that, especially for especially for Joel as a character too because he's clearly so haunted by the loss of his daughter and that like plays throughout um, the rest of the game and of course it will throughout the rest of the show but um, for for her to just like like you said like seem like the protagonist like she's so sweet and she's funny and she has such an incredible bond with Joel Um, and you can see that they have such like a good like kind of fun relationship in a way and um you know they joke together and it's just it's so sweet and like by the time we see her die it's so devastating whether you knew it was coming or not because how could it not be this child just died for no reason yeah (laughs) like it's terrible uh additionally i also love the calm before the storm elements Mm -hmm. so when we have sarah's point of view uh she's going about her daily routines like she's going to school she's going over to her neighbor's house um just like having a day and um for most of it she's kind of unaware of the horrors happening behind her like when she's getting joel's watch fix like obviously there's cop cars and then the store owner like like, pushes her out and like you need to go home and she's like why okay anyway time to go to my neighbor's house and um i have one of my favorite shots of it was when she's at her neighbor's house and she's getting a uh, DVD to borrow from them for her and Joel to watch later and in the background it's the older lady I think Mrs. Adler was her name she's out of focus but like still like just enough for you to pay attention to and where she's just it. like convulsing Something's and not twitching right about that woman yeah <laughs> yeah and uh Sarah was just completely none the wiser which was such a cool and anxiety inducing effect because it had me going Sarah please go home where you're safe please and then like the dog is like staring at the older woman yeah. whining and the dog's like, Hello? <laughs> something that you said when we were watching it last night was always listen to the dogs yeah. <laughs> i was like yeah the like, dog he knows. knows the dog knows <laughs> so did you have a favorite quote from this episode caitlin uh i really loved when ellie told joel later in the episode that wake me up before you go go played on the radio while he was sleeping uh to figure out the code for 80s music that he had um because he's got like um a code with bill and frank that like 60s means nothing new and 70s means supplies coming i can't remember exactly what it was but um she didn't know what the 80s meant and so she tricked him saying that there was like that that song played to figure out that that meant trouble and that interaction just felt so in character for them not that they were ever out of character but like I like watching that I was like yeah that's them like she like she tricked him and she is so at least so similar to Joel in so many ways Mm -hmm. which I find really fascinating um as their character dynamic and just like to see a glimpse at what their dynamic can be later on Mm -hmm. um was really nice to see um in these first few moments of them like being together so I really really enjoyed that moment yeah because it was like, oh, it's Joel and Ellie. Like, they're here. They're here. I think um, just generally anything that Ellie said in the show uh, really got me. Yeah. Um, I just immediately fell in love with her because of how intense and sarcastic she is. Yep. And um, I couldn't tell you explicitly what was said, but I know that Ellie's lines were some of my favorites because she just is like not only the comic relief in this devastating place, 
but also played so incredibly well yeah um by uh Bella Ramsey so it was just it was I was I was just pleased yeah there's something about like Ellie and her reactions to everything around them whereas like Joel and Tess are like obviously like serious and like hardened and like we have to like focus on this mission and like she comes outside and she's like holy shit I'm outside this is amazing and they're like can you not yeah, yeah. like she like she's aware of their surroundings but also like can't help herself and yeah. be like wow this is incredible and she also- gives me a big like Dustin from Stranger Things energy in like the best way yeah, like, she's <laughs> yeah. Just some some girl like she's just some kid like yeah. she doesn't know any better she takes no shit, but she's having a great time. Yeah. So what song would you be playing on the radio to warn Joel that there's danger? Just because it's been in my head for like the longest time, um, but also because I think it works here, is Only Something They Had Remind Me by Naked Eyes. Yeah. Um, explicitly because of the overlay between the soldier pointing the gun at Ellie and him and the soldier pointing the gun at Sarah and him. Yeah, that and was And also it's from the 1980s. And Perfect. It's, it's just, it's cursed. Um, how about you? Um, first of all, that um, flashback uh hurt me yeah so much like I already knew what was happening and then they flash back to Joel with Sarah and I'm like please no I've already cried yeah so much for me so at the end of this episode they the song they play is Never Let Me Down Again by Depeche Mode I never know if it's Depeche or Depeche Mode so I'm gonna continue to say it wrong um but that plays which was brilliant in its own right but to stay on theme with this particular band i would play their song enjoy the silence Mm. um which is from 1990 so it doesn't fit joel's code but this song has always felt a little haunting and creepy to me in a way where i feel like if you heard it coming from an old radio somewhere in the distance you would feel uneasy by it oh yeah that's good that's a good i i like that song so that's like a good i love that song that's like a really good like i also love this band for this show specifically yeah 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 um so what character would you fix a broken watch for caitlin ellie (laughs) ellie (laughs) ellie ellie i love this character so much it's why i love the game so much uh because ellie is such an interesting character to me i love her i adore her i love um i'm not giving any spoilers for either games but she's just so incredible to watch like grow and like as she goes throughout this whole you know apocalyptic world I don't want to say anything that spoils anything but she's just so interesting to me and um I just think that Bella Ramsey does such a phenomenal job playing Ellie Mm -hmm. um I'm basically just in awe that we're seeing Ellie Williams portrayed so well on screen because I was so nervous when the show first announced that they were getting like a show adaptation I was like oh no don't screw it up please Mm -hmm. um and because I couldn't I felt like I couldn't picture anyone but Ashley Johnson being Ellie Mm -hmm. um but Bella already in this first episode has my entire heart Mm -hmm. and I can't wait to see what they do with this character yeah I was so pleased by how quickly uh Ellie's character develops in this episode Mm -hmm. um which is why uh I would fix a broken watch for Ellie as well Mm -hmm. Um, we immediately have a sense of who they are and sometimes when you have a damsel character in books and television what bothers me is like they sometimes end up having absolutely no personality because the writers just don't take the time to craft a personality for them or they just don't think it's necessary right and in part because Ellie plays such a key role in the story I'm grateful that they aren't just like some little kid staring and blowing spit bubbles and having no real substance <laughs> yeah um, but instead like this really like deep and complex person Mm -hmm. um and i also like that as a child character they are a deep and complex person because sometimes i think we don't like to we like we don't like really give we give kids the 
the benefit of the doubt to the extent that we just don't treat them with the respect I think they deserve in television and in yeah. tele- televised portrayals. So I was really excited to see that Ellie from the beginning like has a lot of character and mm-hmm. um, a lot of personality. I also like that we immediately get the hook of what is special about Ellie to mm-hmm. Firefly when the little tracker thing at the end gives her the infection status. Yeah. Because um, now it's like, oh, like, what is she? <laughs> you know? What are you? What are you? <laughs> Say it. Vampire. Um, Vampire. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, like, it's really interesting because now it's like, okay, who is Ellie? Like, what is yeah. Ellie capable of? Is Ellie just going to, like, one day turn everybody else and eat them? Is mm-hmm. Ellie going to be, like, a cure? Is Ellie, like, just, like, some guy? Like, what's, <laughs> what is, why? She's why is guy. Ellie infected? Yeah. Yeah. And not showing any signs. Yeah, it's so interesting. Uh, so, what character would you then abandon to the infected? Um, No surprise here, the U.S. military. Wee! Like, I... Whenever the U.S. military is involved in a television show, I am typically inclined, unless it's like Top Gun, but that's the whole point, <laughs> I am typically inclined to say, oh, I'm not going to like them. Um, and I think well, that's what makes this such an interesting story because it plays into the post-9-11 paranoia of the early 2000s. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, the word terrorist gets thrown around a lot in this episode, which is interesting because the early 2000s it signal a period of great mistrust and paranoia mm-hmm. in American history. And we see that here such that when we zoom forward 20 years, that sense of paranoia and containment and systemic injustice all persist through the police state. It's super fascinating because, like, all of these quarantine zones are, like, totalitarian. And, like, that, I feel like that just, like, speaks to what paranoia does to an or like, to a, a system, to, like, a country, to a system. Yeah. An organization is it turns things totalitarian. Um, this is not, like, some sort of, like, oh, this is what happened during the pandemic today type of statement. <laughs> I believe the opposite. But I just think that's super interesting that we're able to play on, like, paranoia about in this, like, post-9-11 world in this game. It yeah. has this additional context that I find super interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, we see that um, Joel's brother was, is, like, uh, was a desert storm. Yeah. Like, What's that about? Why was all this then? Like, how does that transform Joel's brother throughout the season? Like, what yeah. does that say about his character? That's something I'm really interested in finding out. And then, of course, you've got, like, this choice that, like, somebody who's higher up in the military makes in telling them to shoot Joel and Sarah at the very beginning. Like, who decides to make that choice? How unwilling is the U.S. government to take a risk on two civilians at this point? Right. And, like... How often have they done this in other places? Um, so yeah, super interesting. I'm attached to that <laughs> like underlying theme. Um, mm-hmm. How about you? Uh, yeah, any person who points a gun at an innocent child in this show got what, the, what was coming to them, and I feel no remorse. <laughs> um, I don't care if you're just following orders. Please maybe look into the situation before you decide to pull the trigger. That was traumatic. So Caitlin, what are your peaks and valleys in this first episode? What's your first peak? So my first peek uh, was that even though it felt like someone was throwing a brick at my face, (laughs) I loved the slow burn of seeing Joel, Sarah, and Tommy just live their everyday life uh, lives before everything went down. We got way more time with Sarah than we ever did in the game, and it just made it hurt all over again. It's so much quicker in the game, but I loved that they changed how Sarah learns about um, the outbreak starting. Uh, So in the game... Um, if you haven't played it, uh, Sarah wakes up, hears all the chaos, uh, sees a news report, an explosion outside, can't find Joel until he she goes downstairs and he rushes in 
and um their neighbor like is like crawling after them because they've been infected and joel shoots them and he's like we gotta go and um but in the show uh i love that she leaves the house to go over to their neighbor's place because even though like i know that's not how she dies and um it's because it was so new like I was so nervous the entire time and I was on edge I was like just go back home where you're safe please Joel's gonna come and it's gonna be okay well for like five more minutes but like please um and uh I love that she got to see like the horrors of the outbreak herself because she didn't in the game until they get into town and that we as the audience got to see the early stages of the infected up close and personal because, wow, that fungus coming out of that old lady's mouth was disgusting. <laughs> not not nice, but it was really cool to see. And also to set up that parallel of Joel uh, killing the old lady um, who was infected to uh, parallel when he kills the one uh, Fedra officer later on was really interesting mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was your first peek? In terms of an adaptation, I was super excited and impressed by this episode, as the writers seemed to be like very well intentioned in mm-hmm. converting the source material into a television show. And while I've never played the game, I've just like seen all of like the clips. I didn't leave this episode with a pit in my stomach, like Netflix's persuasion <laughs> left me with. Yeah. Um, I know the bar is like super low. um but i just i i think like without having ever played the game the sense that i was like gaming never left me like what when the truck first pulls up when um sarah is like out on the front lawn that part always gets me because that is just so indicative of like a classic video game entrance Mm -hmm. i just remember being like like, nodding (laughs) Nodding. profusely Um, and then there are a couple other ways that this kind of sticks with me. The first is by simply capturing the look and feel of the game. I love a good apocalyptic setting as someone who used to consume like problematic amounts of apocalyptic literature as a child. <laughs> um, like t- I remember in 2009, there was this uh, History Channel special called Life After People, um, where in these visuals, you'd often see urban areas overrun by greenery and desolation. Oh, yeah. Seeing that again in The Last of Us really got me because it's like, <laughs> one of my favorite like, post-apocalyptic settings to where like the buildings are kind of like tilted in on each other and mm-hmm. there's greenery everywhere. Um, no upkeep whatsoever. Um, and then another way is by having Merle Dandridge play Marlene. Yeah. Um, iconic. Um, from the moment she arrived, I was like... <laughs> again yeah and she played marlene in the game which i think is really really cool right i feel like i didn't want to okay yeah that's what i'm sorry (laughs) yeah um, so uh that was awesome um what was your second peak um well you touched on this a little bit already but that entire truck sequence felt like i was playing the game again (laughs) oh my god my brother texted me and he's like i felt like i needed the controller in my hand and i needed to see it myself like it was so good uh the camera in the back seat with sarah was such a good move on their part because all you can do is just observe what's going on around you outside while tommy and joel frantically try and find a way out of town and it's so eerie because there's no music it's just the sounds of chaos and the world falling apart around them and the dialogue was word for word from the game i was so impressed like i really like genuinely felt like like my thumb was like twitching to like turn it like i want to look this way and just it was just so so well done like that was 
like you said earlier, like this makes you feel like you're playing the game and they did such a good job. Even just with the the touch of like looking at the this house that's just on fire and burning mm-hmm. and looking at it as you p- drive past. I'm like, so eerie. just like the game. <laughs> like, so eerie. If I took a shot for every time I said, it's just like the game yeah, while we yeah. were watching it, we'd be dead. I knew, at some point you were just like, not even saying it, just nodding and I knew that's what you meant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, they're doing it. I love uh, Jason's point, your brother's point about it. sometimes it just felt like you needed to have the controller in your hand. I yeah. That's the best way to describe it because yeah. that's exactly what it felt like it's like you at the points when you're just like i need to take control of the situation yeah like put me in (laughs) (laughs) i'm i'm frantically pressing square so joel can kick open the door (laughs) (laughs) what was your second so joel's character development over 20 years um Mm. really got me because uh I, I, I mean, sometimes it's really, I think sometimes in shows, when people want to show like a time change, they're just like, give them glasses to show the time has passed. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but Pedro Pascal wears the impact of Sarah de- Sarah's death on his face so well. And it by hurts. well, I mean hauntingly. Yeah. Um, we first see him post-outbreak. He's carrying a child's body to be burnt. And we just get the sense that he's absolutely seen it all. Like yeah. nothing can traumatize him at this point now that he's left, lost Sarah. Yeah. Like, He's gone forever, or so you think, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this part of him died the day he lost Sarah. It's chilling. It's yep. like, oh my God, how does somebody come back from that? I think over and over again this episode, I just kept having this thought process of like, why not just die? Like, why not oh. just give up? Like, I don't know how you could possibly function in a post-apocalyptic, a post-apocalyptic world um, with a pandemic raging, and or, and then like, your child is dead. Like, yeah. I don't know how you go move on from that. So yeah. to see like just the effect that that's had on him to stay alive and yet have that part of him just kind of be gone. There's is no light in his eyes. Wee crazy. Um, <laughs> so how about your valley, Caitlin? Did you have any valleys when it came to this episode? Um, well, I have no valleys besides being emotionally distraught, but I uh-huh. kind of brought that upon myself having played the game twice over. Right. Um, so I'll just use this space to put all my love out for Bella Ramsey as Ellie. Oh, yeah. Um, Bella's perfect. They perfectly capture Ellie's take no bullshit attitude while also showing subtly her vulnerable side. Yeah. Um, when Riley is mentioned, which it looks like we're going to be getting more into next week. So if you don't know about that, buckle up. Um, and if you do, bring your tissues. You already know. But, um, uh, I just, I love that Ellie has like this hardened exterior but right. you see those moments where you remember oh yeah she's just a kid right um and bella ramsey does such a good job already completely in love with bella as ellie cannot wait to see more yeah they do an amazing job yeah i'm obsessed my valley is that this premieres on a sunday and that i'm just <laughs> supposed to spend every beginning of my week like this for the next couple of weeks like <laughs> yeah you just want me to go to bed like this at yeah. like 10 p.m like fuck off a little bit mm-hmm. like I don't <laughs> and like I know you're thinking like oh just watch it a different day why would I do that right oh, why would I do that <laughs> it's about the collective experience of everybody watching it on Sunday suffering yeah it's just I feel like Sunday like a Thursday perhaps like a Saturday a Friday even I could I could be happy with but you y'all were really like no 
No, cry on Sunday. Cry on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Take your Sunday scaries, amplify them. Amplify. Make them worse. Make them more <laughs> traumatic. Get another pandemic involved. Yeah. Like, ruin your own life. And I was like, sure, I will. Thanks, HBO. <laughs> um, Thank you so much for this. Yeah. And and that's my run of oil saying I have nothing like bad to say about the show, about this yeah. episode. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. So <laughs> given that you thought everything was great, on a scale of one to five times that we cried while watching this, how do you rate episode one? <laughs> I'd say five because I do think we actually cried like five times. Yeah, we did. (laughs) If I could, if we were going to count, if we were going to rate it, okay, that's one thing. If we were going to count the number of times we've cried, Mm -hmm. definitely five plus. Yeah. um, But yeah, I really enjoyed this. I'm really looking forward to future episodes. Um, I'm excited. I know that my partner is excited to dive Mm -hmm. into this with me. So I'm looking forward to crawling up on the couch every Sunday and just experiencing the worst of humanity for like an hour. Um, how about you? I also have to give this a five uh, because of how well this first episode captures all of the feelings that the video game gave me. Uh, aesthetically, I believe it's also perfect. Like it really looks like the set designers looked at images from the game and copied it perfectly for the television medium. I'm already so satisfied with how the show is staying faithful to the game, but also giving us new scenes that only seem to further develop the characters and the world in a way that we couldn't necessarily get with the video game because video games try to be a little bit more fast paced because you want to just like kind of get on with it. Um, But we get to spend a little bit more time with these characters. So I have high hopes for this show and I look forward to getting my heart ripped out every Sunday night. for listening to Lip by Moonlight. This concludes this week's episode. Tune in next week when we review episode two of The Last of Us, Infected. And if you like watching other HBO Max shows with us, please join us for our Our Flag Means Death reviews that are also taking place at this time. Every Thursday. Every Thursday. Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, YouTube. Everywhere. Everywhere. Follow us on social media. You'll see us broadcasting. (laughs) Go to Yankee Stadium. We're on the screens there. Go to your international satellite station. Like, you can't go there, but, like, say you were going to know that we're being broadcasted. We're there. Via, vis-a-vis satellite. Vis-a-vis. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. All right. Goodbye. Bye.